Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us! Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga real point of cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doc, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cookie? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle? Now I'm telling your short ass, he can't have no goddamn milk. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris, as always. Um, so here we are doing this thing on a Wednesday. It's, it's nice, man. You know, I already did that uh, that whole wrestling thing on, on Sunday with Shaheen. So now, you know, you get somewhat of a double dose of uh, Yakuza now. It's, it's, it's so cool because... Uh, some weeks I'm kind of at a loss for, you know, what I do topic wise or, you know, whether I feel like doing a show or not. And it kind of motivates me to do more. So I enjoy that. Um, definitely, you know, uh, check that out if you haven't heard it before. I had a lot of fun when it was a little over an hour. We did that on Sunday. We're going to do it again on the following Sunday. So, uh, yeah. Um, and obviously check out Shaheen at the uh, Hot Tag Podcast over there doing a thing, uh, I think, tonight. Um you know, there's always archives, so just look it up. Uh, so this past week, I did, um, this past weekend, on Saturday, I did my Spartan Sprint. Um, that's the shortest of the Spartan races. You know, when you do the trifecta, you have to do the sprint, 
the Super, and the Beast. And that gets you all three. So within two weeks, I did two of those races. I did the Beast, and then I did the Sprint. Um, over the past two years, this year or last year, I've gotten used to, I like doing the Sprint in a stadium. Because they have these stadium sprints, and it's uh, a lot different from what your normal Spartan races. Because, you know, Spartan races, for those who don't know, mostly take place on mountainous uh, territory, you know, on, on mountainous terrain. Uh, you know, very, very steep inclines, um, you know, mud, uh, a lot of rocky terrain. So you get like, you know, where you get some of those. Uh, barbed wire crawls I've had to do in the past. I've had to do a barbed wire crawl. Um, you crawl under the barbed wire. I've had to do it on top of snow because these are ski mountains. And um, uh, the one year, uh, you know, the winter kind of ran late. So when it came to race time, it was like 70 degrees, but all that, uh, you know, man-made snow was still on a lot of the slopes. And they put the barbed wire crawl right on top of, like, just a big-ass stretch of snow. So um, that was interesting. Uh, other times they've done it where the barbed wire crawl is right on top of, like, sharp-ass rocks. Where, like, you'd rather hit the barbed wire than the rocks that are poking you in the fucking, you know, um, you know in the wrists and elbows and knees and, you know what I mean? Like, that type of thing. So anyway, um, when I out at the stadium races are something that they do that uh, fall under their sprint category. I figured, you know, it'd be nice to do once a year as my sprint. And um, it, it's a change of pace. It's really cool because baseball stadiums are beautiful. You know, um, you know that grass is as manicured as it gets. And uh, I'm not a baseball fan, but something about baseball stadiums I've always enjoyed. And, um, you know, it's really cool because they, they run you all over that shit, um, from, you know, the, the upper decks to, you know, the back office areas to the locker rooms to, I mean, you run through where the pitchers are warming up. I mean, everything, I mean, you really, you really get a run around that stadium. Um, so going into it, it was raining. It was, uh, pretty much planning on raining all day long and it pretty much did. Um, I was a little concerned going into this because obviously concrete and water and uh, that type of thing didn't really know what to expect. Uh, it, it went down really well though. Um, I didn't have any problems as far as slipping or any of that. Um, I was even worried about, you know, they have uh, a lot of times they have rope climbs and I was really concerned with this number one, because, you know, again, water and ropes and I try to grip that thing and climb it. Number two, I've had a lot of problems with rope climbs since I've gained, you know, all the extra muscle and stuff. Um, so, you know, I went into the day with kind of, you know, positive attitude on the whole race. But as far as the rope went, I was like, man, if that shit's not under an awning, I'm not, I don't even know if I want to touch the fucking rope because, I mean, what the fuck? You know, what's my chances? Like, I've been failing on these ropes the past couple of races. And, uh, you know, taking the burpee penalties and whatnot. But it was towards the end of the race, and I was just like, fuck it. And I grabbed the rope. I got a good grip. And, you know, I got, got up a little bit, and I was like, I, I knew I had it. And I just fucking powered up, fucking rang that bell. 
So I was really, really happy about that because, again, that, that's an obstacle I've been struggling with since I gained my extra muscle. I've gotten a lot stronger. I could do a lot of other things that I haven't been able to do before or better than I have been able to do before. But, um, you know, pulling your weight up a rope is sometimes a little bit harder when it comes to that type of thing. Um, it's funny because, you know, when I was lighter, I used to laugh at these big jacked up motherfuckers. Like, look, I'm flying up and down the rope and they're like, you know, fucking struggling and everything. But you get a little fucking more muscle on you and you're fucking having a hard time too. So, um, but I, I was really, really happy to crush that. Um, also, uh, my three kids did their first Spartan race, the Spartan kids race. Um, the, the twins, they did a, the seven or they did the half mile, I should say. And, um, Mary Jane did the, uh, the full mile, you know, the different age groups and stuff. So I was really, really proud of them. It was just, um, you know, awesome to see them start, especially like this early. And I, I got into this stuff, what, four years ago, something like that. And, uh, you know, it's really cool to see them, you know, even get close to that territory early on. And, um, yeah, it's it's uh really exciting. Crystal especially, man. She is a beast. You know, she she's always the one that just goes above and beyond and takes challenges on and uh you tell her something's too heavy and she wants to try it anyway, you know. She's uh she's uh super strong. I stayed with um I stayed with Jada and did the you know, the half mile deal with her and Crystal just started she hit like a corner and then just blazed. She was gone. <laughs> So, um, yeah, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, they got their first medals and, um, you know, then a couple hours later I did my race and, um, I came in, uh, shit, I should have, uh, pulled this, uh, thing, uh, the picture up before I did this, uh, run through cause it would have been a lot easier, but I'm one of those guys that doesn't like to prepare for anything as far as, uh, podcasts go. All right, so I came in uh, 653 out of 6,012. So I got to tell you, man, I'm really, really proud of that. I know, you know, in the 600s isn't exactly winning a race by any stretch of the imagination, but 600 out of 6,000 is a pretty bad motherfucker right there. Um, I did the course in an hour and 25 seconds. Um, out of males, I was, uh, 567th out of 3,585 in my age group, 35 to 39, I came in 88th out of 574. So look, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm really, really proud of that. Um, I felt great about, you know, my race, my time. Um, I was really just blazing through, uh, passing a lot of people. And, um, yeah, it was a great time. Um, uh, one of the questions I have, cause the majority of the show is questions that people, um, you know, submitted and everything is, uh, how tough is it to finish one of those Spartan races? And, um, well, and then, you know, a follow-up question somebody else asked, you know, they said they did a Tough Mudder last year, and it gave him shin splints, and he could only imagine how tough he needed to train for a Spartan. All right, well, basically, I have an addictive personality. Um, when I stopped drinking, um, I was able to, to focus my energy in an athletic direction. Um, my determination is crazy. I have 
killer instinct. I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say these type of things. I'm just not the type of person to be underestimated. If I set myself at something, the shit is going down. Um, my, my drive is insane. So I was able to focus myself on that because, you know, it's that same type of drive that'll kill an addict. You know what I mean? It's that same type of drive that when I was drinking and, and shit that, you know, still working six days a week, but after work comes 6.30, I was putting down 15 beers a night between that 6.30 and 12.30 at night, every single night. And then Saturday night was that much more. And, you know, shit felt like you got hit by a bus in the morning and then, you know, power through my, my day at work and, you know, 6.30 came, bam, game on again. And it's just, that's what it was. I mean, it's that same determination that will kill an addict, you know, that, that, that never say die attitude, I guess you can call it, but in the same token, a lot of times that's the reason you die. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to have been able to, you know, steer myself in that direction. As far as the actual physical training, because uh, straight up, all these Spartan races, all these tough mutters, all of this, the, the 90... 90% of what gets you through a Spartan race, through a Tough Mudder, through any of those things is mental. Because you'll see out on that course, you man, I train my ass off. And you'll go out there and there'll be a guy in a wheelchair with his friend carrying him up the fucking mountain to get him through that race. You'll see people with, with a prosthetic leg. You're dragging yourself through the eighth, eighth mile of your 14-mile Spartan Beast. And there's somebody with one fucking leg getting up the same mountain. Yeah, I mean, you'll see people that are tremendously out of shape powering themselves through that race. Got to understand, your mind is capable of far, far more than your body ever is. Um, so, I, I'd say the majority of it is that. Um, on a physical level, training, I, I really push myself above and beyond. I really try to train to all of my strengths and especially my weaknesses. If you feel something you're not very strong at, you should be training that more than you should be training anything else. Um, you know, a lot of chest day and arm day is fun for everybody. And, you know, that leg day that so many people skip is important as shit. Um, shoulders are really big with these races. Um, you know, back, I mean, th this type of stuff is, is important. Um, one thing that I've found that's very, very important for these races, and I would say for the majority of things physically, you can do gym training, you can do, um, you know, all sorts of strength training and weights and this and this, but you gotta, at some point or another, you gotta train your body to function. You gotta train your body for actual action, meaning, um, a lot of times after I go to the gym, I'll head out to the park. And that's when I'll hit the bear crawls and shit. If you don't know what a bear crawl is, all it is is crawling without touching your knees to the ground. Do it as fast as you can. Do it as far as you can. And then rest and then do it again. And do it again. Do it again. I'm putting in like combined between like 600 and 1,000 yards of bear crawling in a night. You know what I mean? If I go out there to train that type of thing. Uh, last night I went out there and I did some bear crawls. Um, I did, um, 
I, I don't know what the fuck they're called. I call them like some form of like gorilla move. You know what I mean? Like picture yourself like, um, you know, you put your hands down on the ground and you pop yourself to the right or to the left. And, you know, you use your hands and your legs to propel yourself. So kind of like, you know, like a gorilla would move with their hands. Well, I do that with like the 12 pound rec bag. So I hold the rec bag on the ground, hop to the right, pick that rec bag up, pop it to the right. You know what I mean? And do that shit all the way down and then switch and do it in, from the other side. You know what I mean? Like you do that type of stuff that makes your body function. Now, when you make your different movements and your bends and your jumps and your stuff, your body's already ready for that because you're really training towards movements, you know, um, strength and running and all that. I mean, it does some things, but um, that stuff's really important. I was doing some sprints with the 12 pound bag and stuff like that. If you could add weight to what your normal movements will be, it's going to make it that much easier, you know, for you to do it without the weights. Um, just like you know, they do with, uh, you know, batting practice when they put the, uh, the donuts on the bat and you swing it and shit. And then when they drop those donuts, you can whip that fucking bat around quick. You know what I mean? So, um, there's that type of stuff. Um, one thing I never train because I honestly don't really have the, uh, the facilities to do it. I don't have the, um, hmm, like within my schedule or range or whatever, um, I live in like a, you know, Pine Barren slash um, uh, Jersey Shore. You know what I mean? So not very mountainous. Um, sure, you could travel to things that are not that far, but um, I work six days a week. So that's uh, a little bit hard. Um, hiking. Hiking is the absolute best way to train for like a Spartan beast that you can do. And I don't do it, but I highly, highly recommend if you want to do a Spartan beast training, running, isn't going to get you much because you're not going to see a lot of flat ground on those type of races. You're going to be uphill fucking climbing. You're going to see just piles of rocks that you have to scale with your legs, you know, and go down and up and down. And if you train hiking, to the point where you can get up and down those hills without a problem because your body's used to it, you're going to crush a Spartan race. If you, you know, you get to the point where you can get a little bit of a jog on an uphill because you're used to those hills, man, you'll smoke a Spartan race. Probably crush my times. Um, so that's, that's basically as far as this training for Spartan races and stuff like that. I always feel like whatever I do, I train my ass off and I always make sure I, I don't make sure, but I guess it's just in my mind. When I show up, I always feel like I should have trained harder. This is, you know, it isn't good enough. And that's how I start every race, feeling like I could have done better. I could have done better. And then I usually do pretty fucking well at the race. And, and I usually, um, you know, uh, do pretty well at things that other people are having a hard time with and, and that type of thing, you know. Like I said, I only started this stuff a handful of years ago. I'm never going to be the type of person that's coming in first or anything like that. You know, I'm I'm – one year away from being 40 years old. So um, I'm just really, really happy with where I am physically. And I just continue to push myself. Um, the most important things with these races is that you push yourself as hard as you could. So, I mean, if you fucking every bit of, you know, lungs or, you know, you get your cardio racing and shit to the point where you're like, man, 
my heart's going to come out of my chest if I go any harder. And then you got to like let up a little bit. Uh, you're feeling good. You fucking go at it again. You know, if you pushed yourself to the limits like that, you're doing it right. I mean, that, that's really all that matters. It's your only competitor with all this shit and training should always be yourself. You compete against yourself. You're always going to make progress. Because you just got to do better than you did last time. It doesn't matter what kind of baby steps you started with. It doesn't matter, you know, where you're at. It has, it has no bearing on the result because you're always going to try to do better than yourself. If you run a, a, a mile in an hour, it takes you a fucking hour to run a mile. Try to run it in fucking 55 minutes next time. Fuck who's running that shit in six minutes. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. You just try to outdo yourself. That, that, that's it. Or if you run a mile, we'll fucking next time try to run two. You know what I mean? Just just keep competing against yourself. And eventually, you you know, you focus and focus and focus. And don't worry about what other people are doing. Before you know it, they're asking you, dude, you know, how, how are you doing this? Or how are you doing that? And it's all about just focusing on your own progress. So... Um, that, that's, uh, I guess my long answer to that. Um, the heat between Gage and Corp, um, Gage did a Facebook live thing and, um, you know, I, I mean, basically Gage is like a prison dude now, you know, I mean, he's got that prison mentality and shit like this. And like, he, he's seemingly pretty proud of it. That's, that's seemingly his lifestyle now, which, you know, that's the type of shit doesn't turn out good. But, you know, when you live code of the streets type stuff, you know, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, you know, hanging out with street type cats and yeah, I was a knucklehead when I was younger. So, I know that mentality and I know that stuff. And, you know, when you grow up and you get a family and that's just not the way you want to live. So, um, I get it. And I know, you know, the, the code and whatnot, but you know, he's on that shit right now. And Gage is like my age, you know, dude's damn near 40 years old and you don't, <laughs> you don't have a lot of time for that shit. I mean, it's, I mean, our clock runs out pretty fucking quick, man. So, comes to a certain point you still acting like a fucking teenager then you know time runs out um gage is uh you know he's out he's doing his wrestling thing again or whatever but you know corp snitched on motherfuckers you know because again he's running around with the drugs and selling drugs and this and that and he did like a year if that and you know like he was straight up like sold fucking drugs to a cop like undercover or some shit like this but he clearly snitched i mean they had youtube i don't even know how the fuck that happens but there was youtube video of him telling all motherfuckers i, I mean you know 2017 i guess god damn it well, it was 2016 then but um yeah there was video of him straight up telling all motherfuckers and it's funny because like previous to you know um Gage going back in and shit. Corp was his buddy. Yo, is my dude. Is my dude. Yo, for death. Yo, till death. Da, 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 da. You know, um, I mean, fucking Corp jacked his fucking kill em all shit, and he was gonna do the kill em all cup, and he ripped people off with that. Yeah, I mean, but um, <laughs> it's it, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, because uh, it's just you know, two people that don't know what the fuck they're doing with their life, and uh. 
Gage is just mad at Corp because he snitched on somebody and shit. So, so they ain't they ain't cool no more and shit. So you know it is what it is. I mean, um, you know, I think there's obviously a, a lot of reality to it because it is, it is you know a dude that uh, it's it's a dude that was doing some shit that's against the code and, and that's that's the kind of life that Gage is living. So. You know, you take you take that shit personally when that's that's what you're about. Um, let me see thoughts on Sammy Callahan taking over creative of CZW. Well, you know, I talked about this a little bit before it happened, or and as it was happening and everything. And um, well, I I honestly can't see too too much negative about it because the booking of CZW has been complete shit. There's been no consistency with angles, storylines, anything. There's no been no direction with the company at all, and you know really no identity to CZW. Um, you know you can immediately see like the super emo show naming. You know following him taking over his first two show names are sacrifices and evolution. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's all like through the mind of Sammy Callahan comes evolution. You know, that's, uh, I mean, kind of to be expected when it comes out there. But look, I mean, from what Shaheen was saying, the majority of that show was fucking really good um, this past week. And, you know, if, if that's what they follow with and that they're able to put on another really good show in June, um, you know, you got another show to go in July. And then, you know, August is the big bang with fucking Onita. So, I mean, they really have an opportunity right now in this summer period, and they've already knocked one out of the park with May. Um, you know, you lose Joey Janela, which um, I think is a can be a big deal. You know what I mean? Um, he was one of the biggest faces in CZW. And, you know, you, you got to replace that. You got to get somebody in that spot, um, whether it's bringing a guy back who was really over before, and, and really making sure that they're consistently booking that guy, getting him, you know, back in the spotlight, like a Chris Dickinson or, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying in general, um, you got to get some guys in there that guys get, you know, the fans could get behind. Um, and just, just fucking, just push this fucking company in a direction and stay, stay consistent with it. You know what I mean? Most of my problem with CCW over the past couple of years has been lack of consistency. And, you know, and you get people and these wrestlers that'll say, why, you know, why you have to pick it apart? Why can't you just enjoy it? Because, yo, you start an angle, you start a storyline, you start a fucking gimmick, and then you just kill it and expect me to go, I didn't even see that happen. Like, come on, man. You want fans to invest in your product. You want fans to watch every fucking move you make and go, what? Why do they do that? What's happening next? This and that. That's fucking fans being invested. That's not something you should frown upon or you should go, why are you being so critical? Why? Because motherfuckers are watching your shit and taking it fucking seriously. I mean, you can have come, people just come there every fucking month and smile ear to ear and jam popcorn in their face and leave and just fucking, and, and have really no feelings, win, lose, or draw on whether the show was good, whether it was bad, just I had a good time, it's all good. I mean, if that's what you're looking for, then fine. That's fine. The shindies do that same shit. But if you want to make a fucking difference, if you want to be taken seriously, because they put out this statement, 
CZW has been slept on for years. It's our time to rise. And there's a reason CZW has been slept on for years because I was a diehard fucking CZW fan to the, to the point that now I haven't even watched it since fucking December. So bottom line is, you know, no one, if they look at the Indies, you know, from front to back across the country and see, you know, who's put on the big product, you know, AAW has come out of nowhere and has become a fucking premier company that you really want to see what the fuck they're doing next because their booking is just fucking crazy. Beyond is a company that kind of sprung up out of nowhere. They were doing those um, secret shows and those, you know, no fans and all of this type of shit and just putting it online. They went from that to booking fucking super cards. Uh, PWG has been the super card company. AIW's booking some pretty big shit. Yeah, IWA Mid South still puts on some pretty big shows occasionally. You know, they do consistent weekly shows, so they use a lot of local talent. But then when they pop their big shows, they're big. You know, uh, Ring of Honor still does their thing. They still seem to have a crowd. They can't really, for some reason, they can't draw me the way they used to. I really lost interest in them. I'm not really sure what they're doing, but they seem to be doing well enough because they bring in a shitload of international talent. They have their core guys like your Adam Coles, your your Briscoes and shit like that that you really don't see a whole lot of other places. Um, Young Bucks. Um, you know, Dragon Gate or Evolve or whatever the fuck. Evolve. They're another company that does their thing. You know what I mean? There, there's a lot of companies out there that are making a mark and they're booking... CZW guys a lot of times in the dream matches that CZW doesn't provide. So when those other companies are jumping on the shit that CZW missed the fucking boat on, that's why CZW is being quote unquote slept on because you're fucking slipping. You're not providing people with fucking top notch entertainment. You're just not doing it. You got some fucking entertaining guys on there. You know, are the matches that you're presenting to people with, Gonna be that guy's fucking best match that month. Not, I mean, not likely, honestly. You know what I mean? And and that's a lot of times the case. Um, you know, when they could go up the street two weeks from now and see that guy in a better match than what you're presenting, then you're not using that guy to his full capability. Um, yeah, I keep, I've I've used this example a million times, but um, the Rich Swan AR Fox that match was never done in CZW. Uh, evolve pull the fucking trigger on that type of shit. These guys were walking around the same locker room at the same time for all sorts of fucking lengths of time. Just could, just wouldn't make it happen. Like they, they wouldn't even cross their fucking mind to do something that's a dream match. And then they they fucking they lit it up two three times and fucking evolve. You know it's. It's just, you know, you don't have all day in the Indies. These these guys aren't locked into, you know, three-year contracts and can't work anywhere like the WWE. So you can't just sit on fucking dream matches that you got floating around in your locker room because someone else is going to jump on it. You know, same thing. Like, they, they did that drawn-out angle with Danny Havoc and Necro Butcher back in the day. I mean, Zandig was still in charge, but, I mean, this it's still, you know, things that are missed. You know, that that shit went way too long it should have fucking blew off at tournament of death it didn't they continued and they had the necro butcher working softcore angle at tournament of death a hundred percent they should have blew it off there and had a fucking bloodbath they didn't do it things fell apart with fucking 
uh, Necro, you know, he had just done the fucking movie spots. So, you know, he, he was getting fucking bookings all over the place. He was in more demand than ever. He took another booking, whatever the case is, and missed the show at CZW. Zandig said, I'll fucking fight that guy in the parking lot if he ever shows up again. Uh, thing was completely dead. Ian Rotten capitalized and put on a fucking insane fucking match between the two of them. So, you know, I mean, this is this is what I mean. It's like you only have a small window. Be the first to fucking do that shit. Sprint towards the best fucking ideas you can come up with and just fucking be the ones that fucking light that shit off. Or don't, you know what I mean? Because other motherfuckers will surely jump up. So the Sammy Callahan taking over thing could be very, very good. I, I do think that does probably result in half of Ohio getting booked. Um, You know, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Um, I, I think the homosexuality needs to really fucking settle down. Everybody kissing each other and shit like this. A lot of that's coming out of Ohio. I really think that shit needs to fucking stop. Like the OI4 gays shit, you know what I mean? Where everybody's kissing after the match and Jake's kissing people and Dave's kissing people and everybody's kissing everybody and hugging and and, uh, enough. Guys, this shit isn't cute, man. I want to see fucking violence. That's what I want to see is violence. Sammy Callahan of old was fucking vicious. He was spitting in Sabu's face, fucking smacking him in the mouth when he went to shake his hand. Like, fucking wild shit. You know what I mean? That's the Sammy Callahan that, that I became a fan of. And now all this fucking mutual respect, hugging, bullshit after the fucking match. I'm not into it, man. It completely fucking turns me off of the product. It makes me never want to watch this shit again. And it's a good chunk of what's fucked turned me off of CZW to begin with. Um... Let me see. Uh, CZW trying to silence CZW wrestlers trying to silence the fans and dictate how they should feel about the product. Um, well, this is obviously um, this this mostly pertains, I think, to Joe Gacy and his continued embarrassing behavior. Um, and look, man. You know, I said it on Sunday show, if you didn't hear it, um, Joe Gacy's a guy I like. He's a hardworking dude. I think he's a solid fucking mid-card guy, and I don't see why that should be a negative thing. The Intercontinental title in the WWF was a big, big fucking deal. You had some of the best wrestlers in the world that held the fucking mid-card titles. Um, I don't think that's something that should be frowned upon. I think... If your mid-card dies, your show dies. If you lose that crowd and halfway through that show, your fucking show is going downhill. Um, so I think it's tremendously important to have strong mid-card guys that are going to bust their ass and keep the fucking fans hype. I think a uh, world champion, uh, a performer that, that's going to be a world champion, needs to hold a certain stature, needs to draw the fans a certain way, and needs to be able to be the flagship of the company. Playing low bullshit games on Facebook and calling out wrestlers and having wrestlers call you out and playing a gimmick of guys who shouldn't even be working a fucking dark match on CCW. Joe Attell doesn't deserve a fucking WSU match. That dude does not fucking deserve to be anywhere near the word fucking uh, or the, the letter CCW. 
You know, some jerk off at the bar getting suplexed in the grass for the fucking CZW world title. Some people see this shit as harmless. I don't see it as harmless at all. I see it as the most harmful thing that's ever been done to the fucking CZW world title. It's the fucking David Arquette of fucking CZW is what this shit is. And not because Joe Gacy's a fucking bad uh, wrestler or any of that type of shit. Joe Gacy used to be fucking horrendous. He got the name fucking Sloppy Joe because he botched every three fucking moves he did. And the fans would yell at that shit, yell that shit at him, and he just fucking kept at it. And eventually he stopped fucking botching, and then he owned the the Sloppy Joe name. He turned that into something that he embraced and made fucking t-shirts and shit. And people might still yell that shit, but Joe doesn't botch moves anymore. You know what I mean? But this fucking Facebook shit where, you know, he's at 45 minutes a night, several nights in a row, he's on the fucking Facebook Live thing. And, like, doing, like, Q&A shit, but, like, cornball shit. And... And then this Joe Attell kid shows up in there, and now they're talking shit where he's typing, and he's going, oh, really? Oh, really? I'm going to die? Okay, we'll see. Oh, fuck that. Okay, well, maybe Friday. Okay, well, well, let me wait for your response. I mean, it's I don't know why, Joe, I I, I hope you listen to this. I, I don't know why you don't see this as ridiculous behavior. That's a bad representation of any company. I don't know why you don't see that. This isn't me just fucking shitting on you or saying that, you know, you're an asshole or anything like that. But this is shit that's not good. This is not a positive fucking thing. Like, look what I'm doing with Facebook. It's not good. If you wanted to do the fucking thing, like I said, you fucking, you get Joey Janela on the phone. Look, he works for fucking Uber. Hit the fucking Uber button on your phone. Have Joey drive over with the car and say, dude, let's work like a fucking five, a three or five minute fucking little, you know, fight in the fucking yard and this and this. And, you know, um, you know, have him fucking, have him fucking drive away in his fucking Uber car with the fucking belt in the car. Like, fuck, he stole my belt, you know what I mean? And then next thing you know, CZW show, he shows up with the fucking belt. You want this, he gets his fucking title shot, you retain your title, you know what I mean? Something like that. You do shit like that, now that at least brings interest, and it's someone who meant the motherfuck in CZW to begin with. Joe with hell? Some asshole kid in the fucking bar? And now you're all fucking butthurt because the fucking title run was booked horribly, they were mid-carding you with fucking uh, Takabo Wanabade. Uh, I don't know, this, this Japanese dude that I guess is good, but like he's never been in CZW before. He suddenly has a title shot. It's fucking mid-card. No one's fucking, no one's going fucking nuts about this shit. They did, this guy was a fucking nobody in CZW, and, and they were chanting for fucking him and booing you, and you were not a heel. This is crazy behavior. You know, so when the thing is mishandled and you wound up in a spot that you didn't belong in, and again, don't take that as a fucking knock because it's just a fact. It's it's a complete fact. They they booed fucking Gresham so fucking ridiculously. Anyone could have won that belt and and been fucking been over for a month. Or two months, and that's what it lasted. I mean, this, you know, and then, like I said, the Facebook thing, and, and, you know, you lose the belt to Leo. Next move is you're on Facebook fucking straight up attacking fans. 
your girlfriend's attacking fans. Your girlfriend's on there calling fans fucking assholes. Your mother, bro. Your fucking mother is on Facebook fighting with fans. Your mother, bro. Can you... You gotta fucking take a step back and look at this shit from an outsider's eyes. And then still trying to be fucking crazy enough to go like, you guys... You guys are too easy. You just don't get it. Too easy, bro. Your mother is on your fucking page fighting with fans. That's pathetic, man. I I, I can't fucking stick up for some shit like this. You know, I, I I can put you over as much as I have as far as saying what what I feel you're worth. Like I, I said on Sunday, I think you're a type of guy who could win a fucking best of the best, who should have won a best of the best because that's a CZW homegrown guy. You could put on three fucking rounds of banging fucking wrestling, get the fucking crowd hype, get them behind you and have a CZW guy holding the best of the best fucking trophy and deserve it. But not the world title. It doesn't fucking work. I said it beforehand and I was fucking right. And you could say, oh, just uh, you know, this and that. And now you're attacking the fucking fans. You're you're attacking the fans, and your mother's on your fucking page, man. That is the craziest shit I've ever seen. With a grown man who's a fucking wrestler, and your mother's on the page. So look, I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that. Obviously, to be funny, I gotta play this song, but um. I'll come back and hit these other topics up. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Ed O'Kuja. Come back. More But tonight. Don't call it a comeback.
right. Um, back to the questions. Um, post-traumatic photographer stress disorder, fact or fiction? Um, <laughs> well, look, uh, Amhead's a bitch. He'll always be a bitch. So, I mean, that's 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 all I got to say. Um, is there legitimate heat between CZW and GCW over CZW workers doing GCW shows? Also, is there animosity towards each other between DJ Hyde and GCW, GCW promoters? Um, and then he asks, uh, with the beard being gone, what are your thoughts on being 17 again? <laughs> um, I don't know. I've, I've heard I look younger, so it is what it is. Um, you know, oh, he's got to get a little bit of change going. So, um, like Roddy Piper says, just when they think they have all the answers, I change the questions. <laughs> um, as far as the legitimate heat between CZW and GCW, yeah, I believe that's legit. I mean, Brett Lauderdale was banned from the CZW locker room building, all of that type of shit. Um, he had said a bunch of shit about Maven, said a bunch of shit about DJ's wife. Um, there, there became become quite a bit of problems between Brett Lauderdale and, you know, being there. I mean, he went from being a referee to not being allowed in the building whatsoever. So look, I mean, without me being, you know, on the inside or anything like that, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more details to any one of these stories or whatever the case is. But if you just do the math of going from being in the ring as a guy who's getting paid to be there to not being allowed in the building, there's clearly a problem. Um, and Danny DeMano apparently doesn't like DJ and DJ doesn't like him, blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, there's legitimate heat between those two parties. Um, DJ's a weird cat. I mean, I guess on, on one side of things, you can say it's good business or whatever, but uh, I don't know. Um, he'll sit right at a gimmick table next to either one of those guys, which is fucking crazy to me. I mean, you know. You can be in business and be like, get that motherfucker away from me. I honestly think you can you can work around that, especially at places like you know um, Jersey All Pro Wrestling, where I know for a fact that fucking um, Brett is not is not highly uh, liked in in those circles. But um, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I'm pretty sure a DJ who has a working relationship with those guys can actually you know get a motherfucker moved if need be. Um, but anyway, um, that's besides the point. Um, as far as talent working for one company or the other, I, we're really going to have to see. I, I don't know. I can't really speak to that because um, I've heard a lot of speculation of this or that. I've heard, you know, possibility of G-Raver not being able to work uh, GCW anymore. Um, I don't know. I mean, Joey Janela just disappeared from CCW. I, I don't really know. I think that's something that, you know, as fans, we just got to let it play out. You know, if you start seeing people disappear off of this roster or that, well, then you have your answer. But, uh, you know, Jimmy Lloyd was um, a CZW trainee guy. Um, They were putting them all over CZW shows. Seemingly, they're not anymore. I don't really know. Again, I, I don't really know. Um, I think anyone who's not booking Jimmy Lloyd is, is the smarter promoter, but, um, you know, again, I just, I think, uh, 
you know, I guess time will tell. And in case anyone needs me to elaborate on that, Jimmy Lloyd looks like absolute shit. He botches half his fucking moves. He's completely dangerous in the fucking ring in green. And he's a guy who will fucking kill himself for GCW because he's dumb. But when he gets fucking majorly hurt because he's very, very fucking green, that's their fault. All right. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it just, just let, uh, let that shit play out and see how it is, you know. From there, uh, kettlebell training. Uh, I don't, I don't really know that much about kettlebell training. I got a heavy ass kettlebell, a seventy pound joint uh, that I use for some things, uh, like goblet squats and, um, you know, like deadlift movements and you know, um, Romanian deadlift movements and and things like that. Some shrugs and this and that. I don't do too many full-on swings with the 72-pounder because, uh, yeah, I could do a little bit, but, yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to pull my spine out of my body. So, um, you know, I, I do certain things with it, but um, just not just not as much full-on, full-on kettlebell things. But, again, it's another one of those body movement trainings that you can highly benefit from. You know, whenever you see a lot of fucking action in your body, you know, you, you're going to – you're going to benefit from that as far as, um, functionable strength always. Um, again, I mean, you can limit your movements. I see these big motherfuckers at the gym that are putting 400 pounds, 500 pounds on the fucking bench. These motherfuckers can't do a jumping jack. Like shit is fucking crazy. They're robotic. You know, it's, it's cool, but I mean, you're pretty much like a, a big jacked up cardboard cutout. Like the shit, um, I think uh, Bill Burr said he's obese with muscles. (laughs) You know, that's a motherfucker could barely move, but he's fucking giant, you know? So, you know, you got to keep yourself uh, functional body wise. Um, Let me see. Um, Dive. Uh, He's referring to the, um, the Randy Orton thing. Again, if I was prepared, maybe I would have pulled it up and read the thing or whatever, but. Brandy Orton pretty much uh, commented on the indies and, uh, you know, hey, man, one of those things that stuck out to me was the fucking hugs and high fives after every fucking match for everybody's buddies and this and that. That's something that fucking irks me. So the fact that he pointed out gets a fucking huge fucking ovation from me Um, on the, you know, on the one side of thing, Randy Orton is a guy who obviously, you know, benefited from, you know, uh, a family legacy. Um, I'd say probably supplements of some sort. He's felt he's failed wellness policy several times. Um, but look, whatever he did, he got himself to the point of making millions of fucking dollars. He's filthy fucking rich off of what he did. So of course to him, that's the only fucking way you're an idiot for not doing it that way because he's fucking rich, but it is what it is. You know, I mean, it's, there's different shit for fucking everybody. And um, I love fucking action flick wrestling. I want to see fucking, I want to see fucking action. I want to see impressive shit from fucking, you know, hard hitting strikes, fucking head drops and fucking crazy ass flips and athleticism of all sort. That's what I like to see. Um, you know, I mean, it's not for everybody. I, I don't want to see the same you know, five Randy Orton movies in in a match, but that's not a knock on him because the dude is fucking rich. So he's found a niche. He's found something that works for him and he's fucking rich off of it. So when people get to that level, man, I mean, 
really across the board, anybody could say whatever the fuck they want. Anybody could feel however they want about entertainment. You know, entertainment is completely open for criticism. And that's why a lot of people get mad at the shit that I say. But look, I'm telling you what the fuck is entertainment to me. You don't get to tell me that I don't get it or I don't understand. No, I sign up for some shit for entertainment. And if you fail to entertain me, I can tell you that I don't like what the fuck I just saw. I'm not into what the fuck you just did. Because it's, it, it's, it's my choice is entertainment. Yeah, you know I mean, it might be fucking entertaining as shit. I don't like Chikara. Chikara, a bunch of motherfuckers dressed like ice cream and shit. I, I don't like that shit. But they got a huge fucking following. So fucking good for them. I think they look retarded. But look. It, the motherfuckers got a following. Well, what, you know, should they stop doing it because of the fucking people who don't like it or continue to do it because people like it and people pay money to see it and they have a following and they've got notoriety off of it? course they should keep doing what the fuck they're doing and it is what it is man everybody's entitled to an opinion i could sit here and fucking bash your car for three hours it's not going to change the fact that other people like it it is what it is you're also not going to stop me from saying what the fuck i want to say so you know that's that's the thing people fail to to realize um let me see i know i'm missing shit here oh um Said I'm, he knows I'm big on 90s hip-hop, but he didn't know that I like classic rock. A uh, uh, question he would ask is, what makes classic hard rock and hip-hop better than the stuff today? What do you think happened? Well, um, a lot of the stuff comes down to me with, um, well, obviously, you know, music changes per generation. Um, there's a lot of stuff you'll hear that just has that 80s feel to it. Some shit that you just hear just has that 80s. 90s feel to it I should say 70s 60s you know they all kind of have their vibe um I think the further back you go I don't want to say the easier it was but the slate was more clean so when you came into it you know when you were you know one of these fucking ultra talented artists these writers these these performers the slate was clean there wasn't an there wasn't that much done. So you were able to do the shit that they were doing and have it be fucking yours and brand new. And it's just like a lot of things like wrestling and a lot of different, you know, forms of entertainment. It's hard to keep creating something new that hasn't been done before. Now, the more, you know, music happens and the more something's going to sound like something else. I do think there's so many remakes and stuff because a lot of times you just go back to the well of what worked last time. You know, remakes and covers and shit Shit that worked last time Um, And then, you know, you get stuff That's a little reminiscent of this and this Um, On a side note um, You know what fucking bothers me That um, Stevie Wonder's Pastime Paradise Is a fantastic song You know the fucking Gangsta's Paradise And Amish Paradise gets more fucking recognition And and, uh, acknowledgement than that fucking song Ever, ever That shit is fucking upsetting um, Stevie Wonder's musical, <laughs> musical genius. Don't never let me hear you some say some shit about Stevie Wonder. I'll fuck you up. Haha, <laughs> uh, real funny, motherfucker. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, 
you know, I like all sorts of shit. Um, the, what you'll always hear on this is is that fucking hard knock fucking hip hop because to me it doesn't get enough play. It never got enough play. Um, radio can't play the type of unedited hard fucking wild shit like I like. So you know, radio you're always limited with that type of thing. Um, you know, to play just like classic hits and you know and songs that I like. Eh, you've heard these fucking songs before. I like a ton of hits, you know what I mean? I I love fucking a lot of pop music. You'd be surprised the type of fucking... <laughs> you'd be surprised the type of pop music I like for as much as I call people faggots, man. I listen to some faggot-ass music. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that type of stuff. Um, I love, you know, classic rock. Um, you know, a ton of like 80s stuff, a ton of 90s stuff from various different genres. I'm not a metal guy. I'm really not. I don't like to be yelled at and I don't like skulls. So, you know what I mean? Kind of conflicts with my interest. Um, I don't really like too much country of any sort. Um, not too into like club music and shit. Um, but a lot of the other shit is, is on the table. Yeah, I mean, a good song's a good song. I wind up liking it. Um, some of my playlists on my phone is fucking crazy. But again, you know, I have uh, like 300 fucking songs that are just for the gym and shit, and it's all hip-hop. Yeah, I mean, so, um, you know, different different playlists for running and cardio and that type of shit, that, that, that's more mixed up. Yeah, I mean, but, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's kind of, you know, what has changed. I don't know if I even answered that question properly, but, um, number one, the generations of things. Number two, um, the slate's not as clean, so it leaves less to the imagination. And then, you know, in comes what, a lot of people criticized was the sampling, the, the synthesizers, the, the lack of actual music, music that goes on became more acceptable as we went along. And then it became just, what can I do with this computer to make a shit sound cool? And it wasn't quite as much of just that. Like, I like really clean sounds in my music. You know what I mean? If there's too, too much going on at the same time, it usually doesn't grab me the same way as like a, like a hard-hitting drum beat or just a fucking clean-ass hard guitar sound. You know what I mean? Like, that shit always grabs me a lot more than if there's too much noise at once. So, I don't know. Um, everybody's different. I don't know how many times I could fucking say that in the show, but um, it's kind of what it comes down to. Um, and this, this kind of stemmed off of um, a question I had posed uh, last night was uh, David Lee Roth or... or um, Sammy Hagar, and there's only one right answer, and of course that's David Lee Roth. I mean, as a front man, the dude was fucking bananas, one of the best front men ever. Um, and then, fuck man, you know some. There was, I think, two people that said like solo wise, Sammy, dude. That's that's kind of where I even go with the fucking edge to Dave because his fucking solo shit was fucking bananas, and and he went. From having Eddie Van Halen was a fucking crazy, crazy guitarist to Steve Vai, man. And that dude was fucking bananas. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he didn't lose a lot as far as musical talent around him. He really didn't, which is a fucking hard task to accomplish, seeing as you had Eddie Van Halen, one of the greatest guitarists of all time. But Steve Vai's a fucking beast. So, you know, when he had that... and fucking Dave was killing it, man. Dave was doing fucking crazy hits. And he had that wild fucking unchained fucking 
animal. I mean, that, that that's the type of music he was putting out. That shit was way more fucking, uh, way more controlled as far as what Sammy was doing, as far as I'm concerned. But, um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's that. Um, let me see what I'm missing. Um, they asked, uh, what, uh, if I think Facebook lives could potentially be used as a useful tool to the Indies if done correctly. Well, like I said, um, like if the type of stuff happened, like if Joe was doing the type of thing, like I said, using other actual wrestlers and doing angles that weren't sitting in front of a camera for 45 minutes, people going like, what's your favorite ice cream? I don't know. I like the pistachio, but sometimes I'm in a mood for a childhood trip, man. Like, shut the fuck up, man. This is some bullshit right here. Nobody wants to fucking hear this other than the goofballs that are on here. But the other people who are casually tuning in are going, what What the fuck is this garbage? And I mean, this guy is a fucking champion somewhere. Just motherfucker off my, my computer. Yeah, I mean... If you did something that was just fucking business, you know what I mean? You cut into that shit, you had a whole fucking game plan, you got the shit done, didn't have some jobber asshole that's still trying to get his fucking name over and it still didn't fucking work. You've been doing light tubes out of Gacy's car or whatever the fuck happened there. Everybody loses in that scenario. But, yeah, there's innovative ways to do this shit and it's even just cutting a fucking promo. And having it be fucking live because then it even shows your fucking talent that much more. Don't don't fucking address the chat room. Yeah, I mean, stop trying to host a live fucking show. Put on a fucking live show, let motherfuckers watch, and then fall back afterwards and read the comments of what was going on when you were doing it. Yeah, I mean that that's just that's just my opinion. You know what I mean? I, I think, uh, there's ways for it to be done. Right. I don't, you know, Gacy started posting shit after the whole thing. I'm not going to go back in this whole Gacy thing, but, uh, Gacy started posting shit after Gage did his thing. And then obviously later said, Oh, who said anything about Gage? But dude posted some shit like, Oh, I see a lot of wrestlers doing Facebook lives now. I wonder why, like, dude, you didn't invent this shit. Motherfuckers are running like, you know, indie shows and putting on whole matches on Facebook Live. Motherfucking wrestlers have been cutting all sorts of Q and A's, and and it, it's, it's really not that serious. Dude. You're not you're not innovative. This is not this is not some shit you should be fucking proud of. It's just really not. Um, what else? Steve Harvey. Um, Steve Harvey put out a note that uh, pretty much said. To, to the staff on his show pretty much said like, look, I don't want to be bothered. Don't come to my dressing room. Don't, um, come fucking with me while I'm in a makeup chair. I don't want to talk to you. This and this, um, it was posted online, made a big fucking deal. Oh, what an asshole Steve Harvey is. Well, first off, I think the bigger asshole is the, the, the fruit who had to fucking post the fucking, a note, on fucking the internet to complain about somebody else not wanting to fucking talk to them. I see that as a bigger fucking problem. Is the dude that can't handle the fact that someone doesn't want to talk to him, so he's got to fucking tell the internet what an asshole somebody else is for not wanting to fucking... I would be writing fucking notes like that, too, if I had jerk-offs who was ready to run to the internet because I didn't want to talk to him. That's exactly the type of motherfuckers I don't want to talk to. Um, so, look, but... And it's funny because Howard Stern jumped on this shit too, calling uh, 
you know, Harvey, all sorts of names and shit like this. Howard did the same fucking thing. Same exact fucking thing. He tells people all the fucking time, I don't want to talk to you off the air. Don't come to me off the air. If you want to say something, say it now. Otherwise, I don't want to talk to you then. Tell Gary if he thinks it's important, You then you could tell me. He's had people um, not leave the fucking studios. The security makes everybody stay in their studios after the show so he could leave. And then once he leaves, then everybody can come out. Like the building kind of goes on lockdown so Howard could get out. Uh, he got bashed for that in the past, too. But I get it. I'm telling you, I understand this type of mentality. Because put yourself in the in the mindset of a dude that does a four-hour radio show. Let's just go on the Howard thing right now. Four-hour radio show. Um, and dude wants to just leave and go home. And he's the most popular fucking radio personality of all time. The all time. There's never ever been a, a more popular radio personality ever. That building is a fucking skyscraper. Now, do you think if everybody knows the time the show starts, ends, all that shit, you can listen to it on the motherfucking uh, serious and, and know exactly when they go off air. Do you think it wouldn't take him an extra two hours just to leave that building if he allowed everybody to just chime in and, and talk to him and get a picture and and this and this. It's not it's not once. It's fucking game on for a cat like that. As soon as that window is open for people to talk to you and, and, and you know, shoot ideas at you and, and, and dude, my, my cousin wants to talk to you. Yo, leave a message on my cousin's answering machine. Um, or, or, you know, can you sign this for my nephew? Can you this? Can they do that? Like, there's no way it ever ends. There's not going to be like a limit to that. There's always going to be someone who wants something. Someone wants a piece of something. Someone wants to talk. Someone wants a signature. Someone wants a picture. Someone's got some idea or whatever, because he's the biggest radio host of all fucking time. So do I blame him for being like, nah, dude, I, I got to get out of the building. You got to put down some kind of fucking edict. And, and look, I'm fucking finishing my four-hour radio show, and I'm going home. That's it. Call him a dick. You call him what you want to do. Why should he have an uh, an obligation to spend fucking two or three hours after his show every day in the building dealing with people and shit? Again, I mean, call him what you want to call him from a layman's standpoint, but I get it. And, and I feel the same way about Steve Harvey shit. Imagine the type of bullshit he dealt with before the fact. Of fucking having to write a note. How many times the dude probably asked people like, look, man, like I got to get my notes together. I got to get my makeup done. There's a line of fucking people holding fucking eight by tens and fucking uh, Kings of Comedy DVDs and motherfucking scripts that they're trying to pass off on me and motherfuckers trying to audition their comedy bit and, and, and motherfuckers are trying to get on Family Feud and somebody else who wants to fucking, you know, again, with the cousin on the answer machine. Yeah, I mean, as a celebrity, it's got to get fucking ridiculous. And there's got to be a way where you just like, look, man, like how many times you go to like a show or something like that? Motherfuckers are waiting for autographs. Sometimes people just slip out the back. And yeah, man, I mean, that's that could be a dickhead thing to do. But when it comes to time restraints, you know, if they got to fly out, they got to be in this place or that place. They got a show here. They got a show there. Can you tack another two, three hours onto your performance? I mean, do you have that, that ability to do that? Do you have that leeway in your schedule? You know, I, I don't know. 
Um, I think everybody's situation is different. And I think when it comes to that type of thing, man, when you're locked up in a building and then people just have carte blanche to just come at you and, and, and I want to do this. I want to talk to you. I want to do this. I want to do that. And, and then it becomes like, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a key grip on the fucking Steve Harvey show. Oh shit. Really? Yo, can you give this to him? Can you do this? Can you do that? I don't think it's that fucking crazy. I, I really, really don't. So, I mean, it it is what it is. People are going to criticize. People are going to feel a different kind of way about it and, um, you know, get super upset. But I, I don't know. I don't, um, I don't fault them for that. I just don't. Um, let me see. Yeah, I think that's, that's all I got. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be, um, going to be doing the, um, what do you call it? Shaheen and myself doing a show on, uh, Sunday. We're going to be, try to keep doing that and do the, uh, you know, an hour, hour and a half of the, uh, you know, indie wrestling type stuff. So, um, yeah, it should be fun. And, and the thing is, is, you know, I'm doing, uh, this, matter of fact, I want to play this other track too. So I'm, uh, yeah. I'm going to just play this too. And I'll come back and, and do my outro. I have the outro ready because I'll look for it while this is playing. Check that shit out. Yeah. Double up. Huh. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yo. 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 A lot of niggas out of place and out of line. I'm out my mind. A hundred round drum hanging out the nine. Can't come, I'm out nine. Check shots going out spine. Peck pop till his flesh rot. Now we got a time. Imagine all the murders you ain't heard of. Imagine all the keys down in Florida. The thieves and the snorters. The D's on their knees getting slaughtered. Water whipping with the soda. Dead killing for a burger, boy. My niggas ain't smiled in five years. He let that gun laugh. When it squeezed and cried tears. It's all here. Don't take my word. Nigga count. When you look into that bag, money gone, then I'm out. It's a process. I put your best verse in the hospice. I'm toxic. I spit a nigga shit to the cartilage. I'm heartless. Flow nauseous. Coat ostrich. So gorgeous. New temps. White forces. Dog food. Make things. Go horse shit and bombing fluid smoke. Coming straight out the corpses. When you die in that pussy, do we say you aborted? Let a cop smack your mama? All you did was record it. I caught you once. Second time, I'ma shoot like Jaw and AI. Pay I. Money in the back of the day I have me listening to chic style P or KI double S other mess to give you that subtle stress make a nigga go to sleep with a gun and double vest a bullet and bubble goose my niggas are flood the booth you ballin' the butter rim I'm hanging them from the roof yeah, yeah, yeah. ill flow redefining fuck school work flip work no consignment your man took his last to get an eight ball got blasted in the face y'all no face off got banged off the skateboard they take lord no pay for I'm six eight not eight four my six flow got stay for extend over with eight more we'll chop a thousand hands for a thousand grams capping where we stand come back and ask how's your man if he don't flip that quarter to a half a man I'm blasting them you won't have a man or he'll be half a man your local preacher man selling hope it's the same thing as these little niggas selling soap See the dope boy and pastor, they don't wanna go broke When that dope boy walk by in that new fur coat Or the pastor drive by in that brand new goat Now the sick of kid wanna get a brand new toast We all slaves being led to a brand new boat Huh? Think about it Huh? I know you see it, nigga 
Yeah, so shout out to uh, Shaheen and Boxman over there at the THT podcast. And check me out on Sunday with Shaheen doing the thing on, uh, well, I guess it'll be on the THT deal on um, on live. But then by like Monday, I'll have it up on here. You can listen to shit here and uh, check out the sports then. My homie's over there doing a thing, talking all sorts of sports. And um, that's about it. I'm out of here. Check you motherfuckers out next week. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes the grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers I say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Black cheese tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Jews are just radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm going to tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.